0: This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. There is a sense here that a lot of digital health comes down to establishing a certain type of culture within an organization. It comes down to really change management in a lot of ways. It comes down to having persistent training and education.
1: Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Tori Ritchie. Today, we have Andrew Rebhan with us, our SG2 digital health expert. We're going to talk about all things virtual. The purpose of today's discussion is to expand on the digital org structure briefing, which SG2 released earlier this year. Andrew, great to have you here today.
0: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Andrew, I thought the briefing was really nicely laid out. The way that you structured it, we had the digital health programs by maturity, and then you dove into each of the four components and what the key considerations are for each. Maybe we start there, kicking off with the first, the early stage, and talking through what organizations need to think about moving forward.
0: Before I dive in, there's a few things I should put out there. First off, there is certainly a lot of overlap that you're going to see across the different stages of maturity. It's pretty hard to put these strict boundaries on the different classes of maturity across health systems. Certainly, one size does not fit all. We approached this report from trying to think about what are the foundational elements for an organizational structure. And you could tie in anything. It could be strategic alignment or governance. It could be workforce management, partner management, the culture of the organization, or just a focus on technologies. What we decided to do was break it out into four main areas of focus, one being strategy, one being decision-making, reporting structures, and then finances. That's the model for each stage of digital maturity. Now, when it comes to early stage, when we're looking at strategy, of course, digital health is probably not yet going to be a core element of the organization's strategic planning process. A lot of the newer initiatives, they're often limited in scope. Maybe they have some buy-in or adoption, but it's really just driven by a lot of the champions at a local level. Any sort of prioritized efforts that come through, they're often a defensive positioning play more than anything else. Especially coming out of the worst of the pandemic, a lot of the strategic focus is likely to revert back to business as usual. From a decision-making standpoint, decision-making often is going to be fluctuating just on a project-by-project basis. It's often really decentralized. There's not a whole lot of standardized approval pathways here. There are certainly some pandemic era solutions that have gained traction, but the future of digital health investment, its scope, its ambitions, they're still not really well defined. In terms of financing, digital health initiatives, they're often still a carve-out of the IT budget. You have a lot of competing dollars that are running up against traditional IT priorities. Investments, if they come, they are often one-time fairly sporadic, maybe coming from donors or grants. And some health systems, they might seek out a partnership with a payer to fund some of these new digital health initiatives. They may leverage another regional health system's capabilities through some kind of formal collaboration as well. When it comes to reporting structure, we're still seeing at the early stage that the CIO is often the primary lead or someone who's CIO equivalent, some kind of IT leader for managing a lot of the systems technology. They're still in a position where they have to manage legacy IT, but they're also trying to balance the race to take in all these emerging digital health initiatives that can create some challenges. But they do rely also on departmental leaders, clinical champions, these folks who are often there to drive a lot of the early stage pilots, there's still not really that fully committed digital health leader or initiative that's kind of driving everything. So that's really what the early stage looks like.
1: That's really helpful. What is a key differentiator then between the early stage versus the evolving? At what point can an organization sit back, reflect on the progress that they've made, and then be able to determine, okay, we no longer are in that early stage. We're a bit more mature.
0: All of these stages of maturity start to build on each other. When you look across the three stages, you can see how things start to slowly pivot towards more defined strategic roles and strategic directions. When it comes to the evolving stage, from a strategic standpoint, we're seeing that digital initiatives are actually starting to more formally track to specific enterprise goals. We're starting to see some greater alignment there. The strategic planning cycle, it starts to shorten up a bit. It's starting to align with just the rapid pace of technological change. We're starting to see a little bit more flexible contracting being put into place. We're seeing a roadmap for digital strategy that's emerging, although in the evolving stage, it's still primarily focused on plugging the gaps of looking across the whole spectrum of digital endpoints and what do we not have From a decision-making standpoint, though, one of the key defining traits of the evolving stage is that we're starting to definitely see a greater focus around centralization, standardization, and a more intentional focus on scalability. Here, leadership is going to start to define more metrics for success. They're going to start to focus in more on benchmarking, performance improvement measures. You're gonna start to see owners of departmental budgets that are gonna be authorized to approve initiatives. They're probably gonna have more pilots that are falling under their purview. This is also where we start to get a little bit more strategic with vendor contracting in particular. Naturally, as systems start to scale and get larger and invest more in digital, there's an expectation that they're going to start to rely more on external parties. And so when working with those vendors, we start to move beyond point solutions. We start to think about more comprehensive enterprise systems, solutions that can really integrate well with core systems of record or core systems of engagement. From a reporting structure I mentioned in the early stage, you often have someone like a CIO or an IT leader who's still driving a disjointed. IT shop. But in the evolving stage, IT is starting to shift from leading a lot of these digital initiatives to more of a strategic advisor and helping to leverage technology as a strategy enabler. Now we're starting to see the development of something like a cross-departmental steering committee, which IT should be a part of, but also bring in folks from the clinical side, from operations, from legal, from finance. Try to get all of those perspectives together to really focus in on how digital health is going to help the organization overall. That steering committee structure, that's really going to help to provide that centralized day-to-day decision-making. It's going to guide execution. You're probably still going to have sign-off that reaches up to an executive level maybe some kind of operations leader, but we're just starting to see some greater structure to all of this. From a financing perspective, I wouldn't say it changes dramatically. There's still certainly digital health funding that's going to be carved out of the IT budget. It's going to be a part of an annual budgeting process, but we are also starting to see at this stage efforts to work with payers to build out a more fully formed reimbursement case for value-based care arrangements.
1: I want to go back to the reporting structure because this is where a lot of organizations start to really struggle in terms of driving stickiness with their digital health program is how do we drive engagement across all of those various teams, even if there is a steering committee in place? How do we improve uptake and interest in improving the digital health infrastructure in place within an organization? What is something that you found organizations often find successful in driving some of those scalability efforts, particularly as we look cross team and cross domain within a single system?
0: Well, there certainly needs to be, from a governance perspective, a balance of that top down, bottom up, dual approach to this. Certainly, you need to have executives engagement and support for digital health to really stand a chance. This does speak to the advanced stage, which we'll get to, but really having some kind of designated C-suite level executive who's engaged and who's going to drive this, that's one thing. The other side of the equation, you really need those, whether it's by service line or whether it's just those clinicians who are in the trenches, if they're not really involved in the early stages of strategic planning, if they're not involved in the phases of vendor contracting and looking at establishing the appropriate KPIs for these initiatives, whatever other kind of metric you throw at it. You need to have those clinical champions to really drive a lot of this. Historically, IT or even just emerging digital health solutions, they've been stuck within the realm of technologists and they've been often viewed as just a series of IT projects. Here's a new initiative or a new point solution, we need to just implement it, make sure that it is functioning appropriately, we're keeping the lights on and that's it. It's not really viewed as something that is driving the organization's strategy or really seen as a core focus of improving care quality and the patient experience. Certainly having an expanded view of where IT plays a role, but also, of course, making sure that we bring all the right leaders to the table.
1: Andrew, this is fascinating. And these leaders that we're talking about that are part of this governance team, they then need to go back then to their individual teams. I'm thinking specifically about a clinical champion. A lot of times we hear that providers want to change their ways. they just maybe don't know how. Does the onus then sit with that clinical lead to help support provider education, help them figure out what are the best ways to then expand accessibility in these digital health offerings to their patients?
0: Certainly, this speaks to the importance of having a clinical champion who can round the troops to also embrace a lot of these digital health initiatives. You touch upon a good point, especially when we think about this pandemic era boost in digital health investment and focus, you know, with the rise of telehealth and everything else that came with it. We do have to build up a sense of endurance here to really keep up with the pace of technological change in addition to everything that came with COVID and the fact that we have a workforce that is very burned out. While we can acknowledge the possibilities and the opportunities that digital health brings, we are running up against some very real challenges of just exhaustion or, in some cases, skepticism about the real value that technology can bring. There is certainly a not insignificant share of clinicians that are likely looking to just revert back to the way things were pre-pandemic. There is a sense here that a lot of digital health comes down to establishing a certain type of culture within an organization. It comes down to really change management in a lot of ways. It comes down to having persistent training and education. We've seen in a lot of surveys, there are a lot of clinicians that simply just weren't trained in using a lot of digital health technologies. And they're currently seeking out opportunities to learn more about telehealth or RPM or artificial intelligence, any of these other technologies that just wasn't part of their curriculum when they were going through med school. All of that's going to have a snowball effect if we can get all of these core pieces in place This helps to drive that sustained engagement because if we don't have clinicians engaged in digital health, it's very unlikely that we're going to have their patients have a lot of sustained engagement. There's a lot of factors that go into play here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even if you look at the data, if we look at the proportion of visits that occur virtually today versus in-person and compare that with that same proportional analysis at the height of the pandemic, we have largely reverted back to in-person. Behavioral health, of course, continues to sit at the top of the list in terms of virtual uptake. So much of the other services have reverted back. Very important case here that you're making that we really need to ensure that clinicians are supported, that they don't feel like this is another thing on their plate to tackle. And they're given the tools that they need to be successful to drive some of these initiatives.
0: That makes perfect sense. I've been speaking with a lot of our members and the talking point I always say is we are in a recalibration period here. I certainly like to be glass half full when I talk about this, but being also realistic about the fact that 2020 was in many ways an anomaly for digital health adoption and investment. Venture funding has slowed down pretty significantly. We're not seeing any IPOs this year, (laughs) or at least we haven't so far. There's a lot of unfortunate layoffs that have been occurring at big unicorn digital health firms. It's been a rocky period for digital health, and we're getting into a stage now of not just growing at all costs, but trying to come up with tangible return on investment metrics, tangible value statements, really needing to make the case for why are we spending every dollar that we are on technology. And so that is a process that does not happen overnight. I'm confident, though, that in the long term, things will certainly start to pick back up. We're just needing to build that core foundation to really thrive in the years ahead.
1: It's really interesting that you mentioned the funding piece of this because I actually just pulled up the article that digital health funding in the first half of 2022 is about $5 billion below the same timeframe in 2021. $5 billion. That's huge.
0: Right. And keep in mind, though, there's two ways that people might interpret that. The first is if you're kind of a skeptic, you're going to say digital health funding is cratering and it's falling down to lows. The other side of the coin is, compare the funding to 2020, and suddenly we start to see let's actually on pace to potentially bring in more funding than we did 2020. So it's likely that 2021 may actually just be an anomaly. We just raised a crazy amount of money last year, and that's just not sustainable in many ways. So again, it's kind of two sides to that coin and how you interpret those numbers.
1: Andrew, this is great. And then we have the advanced organizations, the ones who have tackled a lot of the nitty-gritty details. That They've ironed out to a large degree their champions across various teams. They've started to get some of that clinician buy-in. They're scaling up these efforts. What does an advanced stage digital health program look like? This is
0: where things get a little aspirational. When we were conducting our research, I would say that as we were speaking to healthcare systems, it was hard to really categorize any one of them as fitting the bill for this advanced stage. And that makes sense. This is still fairly nascent for a lot of organizations. We would be rather surprised if there was a health system that was really just knocking it out of the park on all of these measures. What we did was we started to fill in some of the gaps as far as what we anticipate an advanced stage would look like when it comes to digital maturity. Going back to the four main pillars that we covered, from a strategic standpoint, we would assume that an advanced stage system, their digital health investments would explicitly address a lot of core business problems by this point. There would be a far more defined line between where we're spending our dollars and how this improves the enterprise. You're going to start to see at this stage more of a shorter term, almost living strategic plan, certainly a focus on that fail fast or adaptive approach to digital initiatives. And this is also a stage where we're starting to heavily leverage data and analytics. This is going to start to give us more predictive, informed, strategic decision-making. From an employee or workforce standpoint, really at all levels, you're going to have staff that can articulate how digital applies to their work and how it supports care delivery. There's just a greater buy-in to the value that digital health brings. From a decision-making standpoint, you're likely to have an executive committee or or perhaps the board of directors, they're there to approve those really large scale, resource intensive initiatives. But these decisions are going to be based on measurable ROI and really defined KPIs from the vendor side. This is where decisions are going to be increasingly guided by that platform approach and where possible increased risk sharing that's going to be built into a lot of these contracts. By this point, you're going to have enough leverage to really enter into an agreement with third parties to say, you need to be not just a transactional vendor for us, but you need to be an established partner who's on board with what we're trying to do with this organization. From a financing perspective, it's certainly going to be a combination of operational expenditures, capital expenditures that are funding a lot of these digital initiatives. Digital investment by this point is often going to be increasingly focused on value-based care arrangements or improving population health efforts. Where it starts to get interesting in the finance block for an advanced organization is that we're more likely to see the establishment of something like an innovation institute or even a venture arm for this system. The goal here is is really a loose sandbox structure of innovation, being able to test out new solutions, being able to potentially invest in startups, co-develop solutions. You start to provide some seed funding for these companies that as they scale, you can potentially spin them off Diversify new revenue streams. There's lots of really interesting efforts there, but this is, of course, typically for larger health systems that are pretty heavily resourced that can enable a lot of this. Perhaps the most defining quality of an advanced stage health system comes in terms of its reporting structure, because it's here where we start to see the establishment of a designated digital health executive. The labels can vary, but this is typically someone like a chief digital officer. We've seen kind of a combination of titles, Chief Digital and Innovation Officer, or Chief Digital and Transformation Officer. These are typically new roles. They may have a direct line to the CEO, and that CEO, by this point, should be a very engaged visionary who's pushing for this kind of emphasis around digital transformation, that digital health executive, their main job is to focus in on strategic execution. This can be a little bit different than what the CIO or the more traditional IT leader did, which was focusing on technical execution and just really honing in on the IT fundamentals. Now, the chief digital officer, that relationship to the CIO can vary. In some cases, the CIO works side by side with the chief digital officer. In other cases, the CIO reports up to the chief digital officer. So I've seen both cases. There's not necessarily a right answer there, but that's usually one of the defining traits here. You've got a real designated leader who's kind of leading the charge.
1: Fantastic. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here talking about these three various stages. So I'm curious, what do you want folks to take away from this discussion? What are the top considerations that they need to keep top of mind?
0: If we think about some of the main takeaways that we had from the study that we conducted, it comes down to three points. The first being certainly every organization is going to try to establish these big, bold strategic goals that they're looking to accomplish. But digital health and just the world of technology evolves so quickly that you have to have some agility built into this in the way that you function. You have to be able to accommodate for these rapid changes in technology. And that's why as you go up this scale of maturity, there's an interesting tension here because things start to get more centralized and more standardized. And so in some sense, that should help to facilitate decision-making. But if it's not done the right way, it could also create some bottlenecks. There is an interesting balance there as far as establishing strategic goals, but having that flexibility where needed. When it comes to that centralized decision-making, certainly... Emphasize the importance of getting diverse, cross departmental, organization wide feedback. We had spoken earlier about the importance of making sure that you're taking in diverse perspectives, especially from clinical leaders or or folks who are on the front lines who are going to be having to use all of these digital platforms on a day to day basis. We want to make sure that we're taking in their perspective as well. The last area of emphasis is we need to clearly define long term financing sources for digital projects to drive long term growth. Ultimately, it always comes down to dollars and cents on where we're going to invest in digital. Having enough resources to really drive this and really sustain this for the long term, that's going to be a big challenge moving forward. But it's something that's essential to really having a successful digital health initiative.
1: Andrew, fantastic summary. Thank you so much for joining today. This was a fantastic conversation. Folks listening, you can hear more from Andrew during the upcoming Digital Health webinar on August 17th. We hope you'll tune in and thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts.